This is Daryl Wood, host of Run to Win, the Daryl Wood Show on Faith Talk 1500. First, let me say this show's your show. That's why no matter what I discuss or which guest I interview, your input is valued. If it's in the news, on TV, at the movies, whether political, social, economic, whatever, at some point I'm talking about it on Run to Win, the Daryl Wood Show, Monday through Friday, 4 to 6 p.m. on Faith Talk 1500. Praise the Lord, everyone, and welcome to Bible Talk. Uh, this is Evangelist Anita Campbell here with you tonight, along with Brother David Anderson. And before we do anything, we are going to go before the God of Heaven, the Creator of the universe, the one that is omnipotent and omnipresent, and just ask His blessing upon our broadcast tonight. Heavenly Father, we come today thanking you, first of all, for allowing us to be a part of this day. We're asking, Father, that you go before us on this broadcast as we come into your presence right now with thanksgiving. We enter into your courts with praise, and we're thankful unto you for this day, Lord. Father, we're asking that you would be with those that are discouraged today, depressed, that are just going through a rough time, this time of year, the first time that they're going through uh, without their loved ones, Lord, those that have lost loved ones. This usually is a difficult time of year. And so, Father, we're asking that you would comfort them, that you would be with them, that you would grant them the peace that surpasses all understanding. Father, we pray for those that are diabetic today, that are just going through trouble with insulin. We pray for those that have cancer, Lord, those that have been just diagnosed, those that have been going through right now, Father. We are asking, God, that you would have your way, Father, in the name of Jesus. And we pray also for those that are looking for work that are not able to provide for their families, Lord, we're asking, God, that you would be Jehovah Jireh to them and that you would grant them the work that they need. Father, those that are entering into a covenant, those that are going through counseling right now, premarital counseling, we are asking, God, for you to just have your way in the name of Jesus. We just thank you, Lord. And as we discuss this topic that we have tonight, Lord, we're asking, Lord, that you would Prepare the hearts of those that are going to hear, that they would use the information and to bring your name, glory, and honor. Father, we just thank you for what you're going to do. Lord, we honor and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, the number to call here, 866-423-9578. Again, that number, 866-423-9578. And tonight, we have a, a topic here. Um, this is a group that is uh, we're seeing more and more um, the last uh, year or so, and so we would um, we're going to prepare you to answer questions and to deal with them in a biblical fashion. And this group is called the Hebrew, the Black Hebrew Israelite, and they are popping up everywhere. Like I said, um, <clears throat> I'm into the uh, prison ministry myself, and. Uh, just over the last six months, I've just had so many questions from inmates concerning um, this group. And so um, I do believe that it's a topic that we need to address. And so we're just asking that um, the Lord would uh, speak to us through his word concerning this. All right, um, Mr. Anderson. 
I have questions for you. Yeah. <laughs> and I would like you to uh, let our, you know, um, tell the, our audience who are the black Hebrew Israelites and what do they believe? Well, I have a caller here, so I'm going to go there. Go ahead. All right. Mike, how are you? Good, good. Thank you, ma'am. How are you? Good. Good, good. Yes, I'm wondering um, what scriptures would be having to do with divorce. Uh, Go with it in... What sense? I mean, I know that um, in Malachi it talks about that God hates it. And yeah. uh, um, what, what's your question concerning it? I mean, okay, but as far as grounds for that go, okay, oh. um, are there there's, there's grounds for that, correct? Yeah, but yeah. The, the Bible do allow um, the biblical ground um, for one, um, uh, you know, adultery, of course. Um, another is. Um, what they say? Um, abandonment. abandonment. And, um, but let me turn to the text here. Okay. Yeah, um, because we see in Matthew chapter 19, I believe, um, it is talked about here. Okay, Matthew 19. Yep, Matthew chapter 19. And uh, we can start. Okay. Um, In verse 3, the Pharisees came to him, testing him and saying to him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? And he answered and said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female and said, For this reason a man shall leave his mother and father and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. And he said to him, Why then did Moses command um, to give a certificate of divorce to put her away? He said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality, and marries another commits adultery. And whoever marries her who is divorced commits adultery. And then his disciples, you know, uh, continue there. So, um, and First Corinthians chapter 7, let's go over there and uh, let the word of God speak to us. And so here, um, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, even beginning with the first verse, it says, Now concerning the things of which you wrote to me, it is not, is it, oh, no, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife, and let each woman have her own husband. Let the husband render to his wife the affection due her, and likewise also the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but his wife does. Do not deprive one another except with consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again so that the 
so that Satan do not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So this is a good cha- um, chapter here. Um, uh, this whole past um, chapter. Huh? First, yeah. Right. Okay. And so here in verse 10, he says, Now to the married, I command you, I command, yet not I, but the Lord. A wife is not to depart from her husband, but even if she does depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. And a husband is not to divorce his wife. Um, but the rest I, um, but, but to the rest I, not the Lord, say, if any brother has a wife who does not believe and she is willing to live with him, let him not divorce her. And a woman who has a husband who does not believe, if he is willing to live with her, let her not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean. So we see here um, the text, the Lord t- you know, tell you, so it, does that answer, does that help you? Okay. Or did you have I'm, a specific question concerning okay, that divorce? That you just, okay, that you just read, where is that from? That's First Corinthians chapter 7. Okay, you've got First Corinthians chapter 7 and right, Matthew and, 19. Right, Matthew chapter 19, yes. Okay. But uh, so, but um, First Corinthians uh, chapter 7 says a lot about it. You might want to, you know, this this whole chapter basically um, deals with that. Okay, well, I'm thinking that the Word is saying that the only permission uh, for, for our departing would be abandonment and divorce. I mean, in uh, adultery. Right. It's just those two. Uh, yeah, as far as what I just read you, yes. Um, That's a movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you have a specific question? I mean, because you seem like you have something in mind concerning um, divorce. So is it something specific? Yeah, it, it, yeah I think there's another uh, topic. Some, yeah, it, it's that. It was someone was saying that they could get a divorce if they wanted to as long as they stayed unmarried. And I'm thinking that the only way you can get a divorce, according to the word, is that if you for abandonment and adultery. I'm thinking that there's nothing else. Right. Those are the two main ones that um <coughs> that is used. I mean, if the unbeliever leaves, I think there's another. Mark yeah. 10, 1 yeah. and 2, verses 1 and 2. He talks about. Right. If the unbeliever leaves. <clears throat> is that in Mark? No, no. It was just talking about divorce. There. Right. Right. I've, yeah, I've heard so, that topic as well, that if the unbeliever leaves, I've heard that, but I'm, I'm, I don't have a lot of Well, detail. we just read that in right. First Corinthians 7. Uh, 7. And, um, and then the, also the adultery, you know. Um, okay, yeah, that's what I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking it's just those two things. It can't right. be where I just decide I want to move on and God is good with that. Right, and we know that, you know, the God's original thing is that he hates it, you know, because a covenant yeah. is a very serious thing. I mean, a covenant, you know, um, God is the divine administrator over every covenant, and he compared the relationship as, you know, with the church, with, um, you know, with yeah. marriage. Husband, love your wife, what? as Christ loved the church, you know, that kind of thing. So that's a relationship that is, you have to just definitely... 
know that you know that you know. Because, yeah. you know, especially if something that God hates, you know, you don't want to, you want to do everything you can to work out um, the situation, you know. Because the situation in First Corinthians 7, it's, it says believers should not divorce. If they separate, if separation does occur, the believers must either remain unmarried permanently or, or, reconciled. or be reconciled. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you have a situation where somebody just says, "Okay, well, you know, okay, well, I just gone divorce, and I won't, I don't want to remarry anyway, so I just gone and divorce anyway, and I'm all right with that." I'm thinking that that's not, the God's not all right with that. Well, if you don't have any reason to do it, you, you just get up and say, "You know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be married anymore." That's that. That's unacceptable. Right. I mean, you don't have any grounds there. I mean, if there's nothing, you know, to cause a person to want to leave. I mean, we know that God takes covenant seriously. I mean, if you read in um, the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 9, I, they made a covenant with um, some people who deceived them um, in Joshua chapter 9. And uh, the Gibeonites, yeah. they deceived Israel. They came and they lied to them. They said, we come from a far country. When we left our country, our shoes were brand new, our wineskin were new, our bread was hot and fresh, and our clothes and everything. And they lied to them because they knew what God had told Moses that, you know, to destroy the inhabitant of the land. <clears throat> and yet, even though the people lied to them, you would think that, okay, you know, that's our grounds to break the covenant, right? They lied to us. They didn't tell yeah. us the truth. But... um Josh, look at what Joshua's answer is, because when they, they were leaders of Israel, they wanted to, um, you know, um, not keep the covenant because, you know, they lied to them. And Joshua said, uh-uh. Yeah. Joshua said, we have sworn an oath before God. You see, that's the thing. In a lot of marital situations, they're not considering that it's not just between the two of you that this covenant has been made. You, this covenant was right. made in the sight of God. And God doesn't play with that, you know? And so in um, right, Joshua chapter right. 9, I'm going to go to that specific section. It says here in Joshua chapter 9, um, they said they came from a far country. And, um, you know, because of the fame, they heard about the Lord and all that. And so they came and they entered into this covenant. And Israel, then the rulers, verse 19, then the rulers of Israel said to all the congregation, because they're saying this because they wanted to, you know, get out of it. They said, we have sworn to them by the Lord God of Israel. Because we have sworn, you know, in spite of what they've done, they have lied to us, they have deceived us, and we entered into this covenant with them. And, the, and by the way, the reason why they entered into that covenant is because verse 14 tells you, the men of Israel took some of the provision, but they did not ask counsel of the Lord. They didn't pray about it. They didn't talk to the Lord about it. So they entered into this covenant that they should have never made. But just to show you the seriousness of this, to me, this, this passage here really highlighted in my mind that a covenant is, a, is a, a, an agreement because you're making an agreement. This is not a contract that you, you're making between two people who don't trust each other. A covenant is based okay, so on like, love and trust. Okay, so like you're saying, that even if, for example, if somebody says, well, uh, the Lord told me not to marry this woman, for example, and I did it anyway— you know, I, I did it anyway. Now I want out. So the uh, Lord's going to be okay with me getting out of it because he didn't want me to do it in the beginning anyway. No, because this passage right here, look at this. 
Look at look at what Joshua. You read Joshua chapter nine, but I just want you to see something. The children. So they they made a covenant with these people. In verse fifteen. So yeah. Joshua made peace with them. They made a covenant with them to let them live, and the rulers of the congregation swore to them. And it happened at the end of three days. They find out that this was not a covenant that should have been made. You see what happened? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, they yeah. find out that this is a covenant that they should have not made. And they, when they heard that they, okay. these people were neighbors and they dwelled in there, but even in the situation where they were deceived, look at what Joshua said in verse 19. He says, Then all the rulers said to all the congregation, We have sworn to them by the Lord God of Israel. Now, therefore, we may not touch them. God honor those that honor their covenant. And I mean, this, was a, this, this would have been easy for them to say, listen, you guys lied to us. And so we are, yeah. we are, you know, we're canceling all this. But he couldn't because yeah. we're forgetting that God was there. They swore an oath not to each other, but the Lord. The Lord was there. And that's what um, Joshua is um, they, they're bringing out here. We have sworn to them by the Lord God of Israel. Now, therefore, we may not touch them now. And so they let them live. And because of that, God honored those that honored their covenant. Because after making this covenant, other, other group found out um, that, they, um, they made a, that Israel and um, the Gibeonites were allies now. And five other nations was coming against them to fight them. And Israel had to show up because they're in a covenant. So they were there to fight. But look at what happened in chapter 10. God showed up and he showed up and he was in the fight. In uh, Joshua chapter 10, yeah. and when you have a chance, just read 9 and 10. But just to fast forward, um, after these group came against them, Joshua came out. He brought out the good guys, all his fighting men. And it says here in verse 8, Joshua chapter 10 and verse 8, And the Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear them, for I have delivered them into your hand. Not a man of them shall stand before you. Joshua therefore came upon them, suddenly having marched all night from Gilgal. And look at verse 10. So the Lord routed them before Israel, killed them with a great slaughter, and at Gibeon chased them along the road that goes to Beth Horon, and struck them down as far as Azeka and Medica. And it happened as they fled before Israel and were on the descent of Beth Horon, that the Lord cast down large hailstones from heaven on them. And then I like this part. It said, And there were more who died from the hailstones than the children of Israel killed with the sword. God will fight for you when you honor yeah. your covenant. Now, what you're saying there that, yeah. you know, somebody can't just up and say, um, I think I made a mistake. The Lord's going to, um, you know, it doesn't work that way. You have entered into a covenant with God. You don't take the name of God in vain in, in that sense. And you have made a covenant. You swore an oath before God. And if there's no reason, like the, the Bible allows for adultery or um, uh, abandonment, Ben, you know, yeah. uh, right. But um, we don't see any other reason. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. Oh, well, you know, I didn't. That's why you have premarital counseling. That's why you, you know, date and, um, you know, uh, your courtship or your dating, what you, whatever you do. And you yeah. use that time to decide because a covenant is very, very serious. Um, we're yeah, gonna, I'm thinking that, that uh, Jesus, that his first Miracle was at a wedding. Was right, exactly. Water water. Right, a yeah. wedding is serious, yeah. you know. It's a very serious thing, and I think our society today take it very lightly. We're going to have to um, take a break, so if you want to hold on, Mike, uh, you can do that. Or if you want to hang up, we can still um, talk about it. So we're going to take a break right here. 
I will be right back. Hi, this is Greg Bryant, General Sales Manager for Salem Media Group Detroit. If you're listening to my voice right now, you're a listener to either Faith Talk Detroit or The Patriot Detroit. If you love one of these stations and you have experience in outside sales, we'd love to talk to you. Call me directly to inquire how Salem Media might provide an opportunity that's right. Call Greg Bryant at 248-581-1221. That's 248-581-1221 to learn more about our available positions. If you love us, come join us and make a career move that's right for you. You're not missing the Jewish Hour. Now you can hear the Jewish Hour on demand. Same great interviews, news from Israel, Jewish music, insights, and stories. Find the Jewish Hour on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be here for you. What sets the Bible apart from the Quran or the Book of Mormon? Why do we believe Scripture is true and all the other religious texts are false? If a skeptic asked you to prove that the Bible comes from God, what would you say? Well, for answers to those compelling questions, I urge you to stay here for the next Grace to You with John MacArthur. So join me, John MacArthur, and study along on Grace to You weekday mornings at 8 here on WLQV. This is Life Issues with Brad Mattis, president of Life Issues Institute. Angel and Casey Allers are in a battle of their lives. Their son, Randy James, known as RJ, was born with two serious disabilities. The medical expenses are taking its toll on this Toledo, Ohio family. Casey put up signs around town explaining RJ's condition and asking for donations. Then ugly signs began appearing underneath them reading, Stop asking for money. Let the baby die. It's called Darwinism. Happy Holidays. Casey tore some down. Good Samaritans took care of others. As if this family's struggles weren't hard enough. A GoFundMe page has been established and a December 15 fundraiser is scheduled. If you're in the Toledo area and would like details, email me through our website at lifeissues.org. For more information, visit our website at lifeissues.org. And stay informed, more informed than you've ever been. National competition for your business is eating away at your customer base. Like digital marketing minions swallowing your customers one by one. You need Salem Surround. When a customer does a search, they need to find your business, not the competition. Your contact information needs to be accurate and all over the web. You need the right tools to turn visitors into leads. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence. Learn more at surrounddetroit.com. Surrounddetroit.com. Connecting you with new customers. Praise the Lord, everyone, and welcome back to Bible Talk. This is Evangelist Anita Campbell here with you, along with Brother David Anderson, and we are going to be dealing with the black Hebrew Israelite in a minute, but we are going to finish up with Mike. So, Mike, are you still there? Yes, I'm still here. Thank you. I'm wondering, um, okay, if the Bible talks about beware of a divorced woman, which one is that? Said what? The Bible said beware of divorce? Of of a divorced woman. I've never seen that scripture. Where it's a beware of a divorced woman. Have you seen that? Where is that? Do you know where that is? (laughs) Okay, I... I'd have to look again. I'm I'm thinking that, that I read where the Bible 
warns you, warns man to to. You're probably thinking about proverb. You're talking about proverb, but it's not. It didn't say divorced woman. You know. um, You're probably thinking about proverb, but there's no specific one where it said beware of a divorced woman. I mean. Mm. So um, I'm I'm thinking that. Yeah, but there's no grounds. Um, I see here that somebody just get up and say, well, I, you know, I believe I make a mistake. And so I'm going to get out the marriage. I've, you know, that there's no biblical grounds. You have to have grounds. And that is not one that oh. is in the scriptures. Otherwise, you're going to take okay, your vows. Right. Because you swore an oath before yeah. God. You know, that's the thing that I think a lot of people are rushing into um, marriages but you need to, you know, recognize that this is to death do us part. And you're swearing an oath before the yeah. God of heaven. And, you know, it's better to wait and, you know, and go through counseling, you know. And, um, yeah. you know, and if somebody said the Lord told them to get married, then <laughs> if it's really the Lord that told them to do it, then they definitely have to um, honor that. Yeah, well, I'm thinking, too, that, that the word, um, if you're being Christ-like, if, he, if, the, if the Lord be with you until the end, I guess that has to do with being Christ-like. Yeah, well, you mean if the, if the person is Christ-like? Yeah, if you're Christ-like and the Lord will be with you, if he's with you until the end, I'm guessing Christ-like would be honoring that covenant same as the Lord being with you until then. I'm kind of not understanding what you're saying there, but um, both parties entered into a covenant and you have no grounds, then you got to work it out. You know, you can't just say, um, yeah. okay, I don't, call I don't believe quits. this. Yeah. yeah, you can't just call it quit. God doesn't quit on us. You know, uh, we're in a covenant yeah, relationship with the God, you know, and um he doesn't leave us or forsake us. And like I said, if there's no grounds for it, you know, and even, even yeah, in this, even in the case of adultery, if both parties want to work it out, it, you know, even though, if, yeah, even though it's, it's a grounds that you can use to get divorced. Cause some people just waiting there, you know, to see if the other person is going to mess up and then, yep, aha, I got my grounds, mm-hmm. but you can work it out, you know? And I, and I think when you do that, when you work it out, it shows, a covenant, um, you know, the, the God don't throw us away when we mess up, does He? You know, He doesn't. No, no, and no. so, in a in a and marriage and a covenant, if the, you know both parties are willing to go for counseling and do whatever it takes, and see, that's the thing that is lacking in marriages today: commitment, commitment. You're committed. Commitment yeah, okay. can can go override any storm. You are committed to each other. To death do you part. I'm what? telling you. <clears throat> and I guess that would be uh, the lack of that commitment will keep you out of the rapture. Keep you out of the rapture? I guess the lack of commitment. I guess that would keep you out of the rapture. I don't understand <laughs> you that. Don't against God's covenant, if you go against God's covenant, and the Lord is soon to come. And he's soon to come back. God, and you the thing is, this, God is looking at the heart. He's looking at the heart of the individual, yeah. you know. And so, but the thing is, a covenant is binding. God is the divine administrator over every covenant. He takes it seriously. And I think 
that story in Joshua chapter 9 really helps me to see the, the importance of when you swear an oath before God. That's why Joshua didn't want to go back on it, because he said, we swore this, not just to them. He's not, he's, forget, he's not forgetting that he swore an oath before God, and that's what he was honoring. And we saw in chapter 10 when they had the five armies came against them now. But God showed up because God honors those that honor their covenant. All right, Mike, we're going to move on. Um, thank you for your call. God bless you, and um, I'll be praying for you. Um, but be biblical about any decision that you make. All right, uh, Lynn in Westland. Hi, Lynn. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I am great. I, I'm calling for the first time. I always listen to your show, but I, I just had to call, and, and I, I'm just catching, like, the, the second half of your show and the topic. I, I just love the topic of marriage and divorce. And I, and I can't quite tell where where this prophet is. I think it was Gomer. Oh, um, in the book of is it in the book of Hosea? Yeah, yeah, Gomer. Yeah. yeah. And, and 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 that woman was definitely not marriage material. For <laughs> right. Was right. it Hosea? Hosea. And yep. Right. God had a purpose. Right, he was using that as an example. Yeah, of show and, and tell. Yeah, and we're so eager to want to run and find a reason and hoping the other one will mess up. Right, and, and, and God will set some people free where they can remarry because of that adultery if they can reconcile. But then, if you have a mate. That isn't in the street, and he he pays the bill, and but you know nobody's perfect, and you may just want a man that goes to church, you know that that's really yeah you want a believer lot. yeah you want a believer yeah you want a believer, but at the same time you have to walk it out with God because you really don't know where your mate's heart is. And so what, what I'm trying to say is, is that you could be that purpose in that marriage, just like Hosea and Gomer. We get tired and weary, but then at the same time, we have to always wonder, what is God's purpose? Yeah, well, I just had to say that. Yeah, yeah, and everything that we do, it you know, we go before the Lord and, um, and pray about it. We don't just make decisions, but also premarital counseling. You know, I think that today there's a lot of rush. You know, everybody wants to rush through this. And um, I've I've seen um, people who have um, gone through counseling and, you know, they've seen some things that they knew that they couldn't live with. And they, and they call it off. It's okay to call it off. But a lot of people, even they see the thing, the problems, but they still go ahead with the marriage because they probably bought their dress already or you know, spend up a lot of money already, and they figure, well, we spend all this money, we might as well go through with it. But that's the wrong approach, too. You know, but the, the thing is, the key is to be prayerful. Yeah, you have to seek the Lord on, as with anything. He said, in all your ways, to acknowledge Him, and then He, He would direct your path. So you got to trust in the Lord with all your heart, and then you're not leaning on your own understanding. 
And then in everything that you're doing, you acknowledge him. One, two, and three. Then God right. directs your path. Right. And so with a, with a covenant, when you're entering into a covenant, that is serious. And you don't want to rush in that. You want to be prayerful, you know, and you want to, you know, and sometimes the relationship get complicated because those that are, that are in courtship, they're already um, living together. So that really yeah. messes it up. That confuses the equation again. And then they want God's blessing on right. top of it right. while they're living in sin. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, you know, we just can't play games with God. You know, he doesn't bless mess. And things no, just have to be not. done decently and in order. Well, thank you for your call, Lynn. <laughs> All right. Bye. God bless you. Yep. Bye-bye. All right, David Anderson, you well, did not. Be- before we before <laughs> we go over there, I was just thinking of Second Corinthians six fourteen, where God tells Christians not to be unequally yoked, yoked. Yeah, right. together with unbelievers. Right. And you know, I hear a lot of cases. Well, I'm a. We're going to go to church together, and I'm going to help him get right with the Lord. You know, <laughs> you can't uh-uh. save anybody. And even in the church, even, yes. I, I've seen situations in the church where people go there looking. I, I hear unbelievers at work. Saying if you want a good husband or want a good wife, go to church. Right. You know, as though that's it's a good place if you're saved. Right. But I would even go further. I, you know, even just just because that person is going to church, right. I want to know that he loves the Lord or right. she loves the Lord. Exactly. Because if you don't ha- if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, you won't even have anything to deal with when when trouble comes. Yeah. Because you can't point an unbeliever to the Bible. Yep. And say, well, the Bible says this. What, what are you showing me that for? I'm not a believer. That's for believers. So, the, and, and like David said, the Lord warns us, mm-hmm. do not be unequally yoked. And he's not saying that to be mean to us or no. to be cruel. No. He's giving us advice. Yes. If you want a good marriage, don't marry an unbeliever. Even if you think you can get him saved, don't marry an unbeliever. But well, we can't save anyone. Right. John six forty four. no one can come. Yeah, I agree with you, but <laughs> I hear that from people, right. you know. Yeah, unless the Father draws them. So right. you can't do it if they're not already saved. You know, I agree with you. Yeah. 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 But uh, I hear that, you know, well, I'm going to get him saved. I'm going to get him to go to church and get him because they want that person. Desperate. Right. They want him regardless of what God tells us to do. Right. God's telling us that for a reason. Right. You know, and, and if we don't want to listen, then we suffer the consequences. Exactly. And then and then we want to run for divorce. Yeah. No. If you know, you know, you go through the do, to their counseling and you see these issues and you know, and they're there and you go ahead and marry like like Joshua and the Gibeonites. I mean, mm-hmm. they they saw the old clothes. They mm-hmm. saw the moldy bread. They saw that. But they were looking at it in the physical. They didn't recognize that God had told them, do not make any covenant. Deuteronomy chapter 7. Do not make any covenant with any of these inhabitants in the land. And then you go ahead and make the covenant, and then now you want to get out. You know, Joshua brought up the good topic. We have sworn, not just with, with them, but we have sworn an oath before God, and we cannot touch them now. All right. All right we're going to take a break right here, and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Greg Bryant, General Sales Manager for Salem Media Group Detroit. If you're listening to my voice right now, you're a listener to either Faith Talk Detroit or The Patriot Detroit. If you love one of these stations and you have experience in outside sales, we'd love to talk to you. Call me directly to inquire how Salem Media might provide an opportunity that's right. Call Greg Bryant at 248-581-1221. That's 248-581-1221 to learn more about our available positions. If you love us, come join us and make a career move that's right for you. 
You know, most restaurants either have great food or great atmosphere. But every now and then, a restaurant reaches the pinnacle of both. Imagine sitting and having dinner in absolute peace and tranquility as your worries from the day melt away. Now, think of enjoying a juicy, sizzling steak. Maybe succulent St. Louis barbecue ribs are your thing. If a salad is more your taste, envision a Michigan salad with grilled chicken breast, sweet cherries, candied walnuts, blue cheese, and red onion. There's no need to daydream. Experience Westwind Grill in Oakland Township with beautiful views of its rolling hills and lakes nestled beside one of Oakland County's premier golf courses. Taste their mouth-watering menu year-round with specials every day, including Thursday night build-your-own-pasta, Friday night fish fry, and their spectacular Sunday brunch. Call 248-608-7830 or visit westwindgolf.com. That's westwindgolf.com. John and Tricia Goyer didn't anticipate fully the challenges they would face when they brought foster kids into their home. That wall was around their hearts, and they were afraid to lower the wall. They were afraid to let us in. They were just wanting to be bad enough so that we would finally let them go back to foster care so they didn't have to put down that wall. We'll hear about how to calm angry kids next time on Family Life Today. Listen for Family Life Today, weekday mornings at 7.30. Hello, I'm Alistair Begg, and I'll be joining the team at Salem Media Group in the summer of 2020 on a scenic cruise to Alaska. I'd like to extend a warm invitation to you to join us. I've been before, and Alaska is a spectacular place where God's design and His majesty are constantly on display. Glaciers, mountains, and untamed wildlife. If you've ever contemplated exploring this inspiring frontier, now is your opportunity especially as we will enjoy all of these wonders from the comfort of our first-class cruise ship. The week will be filled with more than just awe-inspiring landscapes and quaint seaside ports, as Laura's story leads us in our worship, and as we turn to God's Word as a compass for our time together. For more information and to book your trip today, visit faithtalkdetroit.com and search keyword Alaska. Praise the Lord, everyone, and welcome back to Bible Talk. Um, We're going to continue with our our topic here, um, Brother David Anderson and myself, and we are going to introduce this this topic that we had. Um, Who are the black Hebrew Israelites, David? And, And they're a group of people that believe that they are the true Israelites. Okay. Uh... The people in Israel today are not the true Israelites. They believe that they are. And listening to them on the streets, they would go to Deuteronomy 28, chapter mm-hmm. 28, verse 60, 60. Let me turn to it real quick. Verse 68. And here it says, the Lord, Jehovah Yahweh, will send you back in ships to Egypt mm-hmm. on a journey that I said that you should never make again. There you will offer yourselves for sale to your enemies as a male and female slave, and no one will buy you. Now, they take, they, they will, when they're out there in the streets with their, their loudspeakers, they say, who do you know that uh, they came over on ships and they were sold into slavery uh, like African Americans were? 
And all those out there that are African-American, they agree. You know, nobody came over on ships the way we did to another country and was sold into slavery like we were. Mm. And so they, they, a lot of them would jump on the bandwagon. But the problem is, go back to verse 63, Anita, and read that for me. You're going to say read? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you heard that before. Huh? Yeah. Um, Hebrews, I mean, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse, verse 63. 63. And it shall be that just as the Lord rejoiced over you to do you good and multiply you, so the Lord will rejoice over you to destroy you and bring you to nothing. And you shall be plucked off the land which you go to possess. Right. And I like how the NFA say you will be uprooted from the land that you are going to enter to possess. Mm-hmm. They were leaving Egypt when this was when this was written. And they were on their way to the promised land. Right. God says, if you obey my commandments, I will bless you. Right. Abundantly. But he says, if you disobey, disobey my commandments, then I will punish you. Yes. And he said, ultimately, he will will, uh, take you from the land that you're going to enter. Now, all African-Americans came from Africa. We didn't come from the Middle East. The Middle East, we were in Africa. And that's where... And Israel, Israel was on their way to the promised land, and it was in Israel that they were plucked from, plucked from, and sent back to Egypt on ships. How do I know this? Flavius Josephus, a first century historian, wrote about this. This actually happened in 70 AD, and he wrote about it. He said that uh, there were so many sent back to Egypt on ships that they were selling for pennies on the dollar. And wow. then eventually nobody would buy them no more. And what did it say in verse in verse sixty eight? It says, it says, There you will offer yourselves for sales to your enemies as male and female slaves. And then it says, No, no one, one shall buy thee. Right. No, no one, one shall buy thee. Right. And this is what Flavius Josephus said over almost two thousand years ago. Right. Almost two thousand years ago. So anyway. So this is what they use. This is yeah. what they their their foundational uh, scripture for the Hebrew, black Hebrew Israelite. Right. Cause so most, it's out of context then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And they try to use it. So anyway, uh, uh, because we're short on time, I'm trying to rush through this. Uh, they believe that they are the true Israelites, the true descendants of Abraham, the true uh, children of, of God. God. Right. Now, what does the scripture say? Let's go to Romans, the second chapter. All right. Romans chapter 2. Yeah, 2, verses 28, 29. It says, a man is not a Jew if he is one, only one, outwardly. Outwardly, right. Nor is circumcision merely outward and physical. No, a man is a Jew if he is one inwardly, and circumcision is circumcision of the heart. Right. Done by the Holy Spirit. Right. And Deuteronomy 30, chapter 6, chapter 30, verse 6 it's, it says God, God, referring to the Holy Spirit, cir- only he can circumcise our heart. Right. We can't have no operation on our heart and, and circumcise our heart. Only God does it, and he does that when we accept Christ. Rip now, trust. Yes. let's go to uh, Romans uh, chapter 9. We're going to start at verse 6, and we're going to start in the middle of verse 6, uh, B. And Paul says, Paul says, for not all who are descendants of Israel are Israel. Right. Nor because they are descendants, because they are descendants of. Uh, let me let me say that. Start it again. Nor because they are his descendants are they all Abraham's children. 
On the contrary, it is through Isaac that your seed will be blessed and reckoned. In other words, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. That's right. It's the, the, it is not the natural children who are God's children. It's the children of the promise who are regarded as Abraham's offspring. So even if a person could trace their, their bloodline all the way back to Abraham, right. Or the DNA back to Abraham and show that 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 they are related to Abraham. God says that doesn't mean a hill of beans, <laughs> uh, as He says in John six sixty three. The flesh counted for nothing, right? But the spirit, the spirit right. gives, and He's talking about the Holy Spirit gives life. So right. the true, the true children of Abraham are those who are born again in the family of God. That's right. If you remember, I, I was just thinking off the top of my head, uh, Anita, uh, Jesus in John chapter eight, right? And let me talk. Let me on the dialogue, the showdown chapter. <laughs> yeah, and and he was arguing with some Jews. Let me turn to it real quick. Yeah, they said Abraham is our father. Yeah, yeah. And he said, "If Abraham was your father, why are you trying to kill me?" Right. He said, "I know Abraham is your father," right. and yet he said, "He said that." Uh, he he said the devil, <laughs> they are children of the, the devil. The devil, that's right. In 844, but let me go back to uh, chapter 8 and... In verse 39 here, he says... Well, before answered, 39, right. 33, they answered him, we are Abraham's descendant and have never been slaves to anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied... I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Right. And let's see, let me jump down. And then verse 37. All right. Verse 37. I know you are Abraham's descendant, yet you are trying to kill me. (laughs) Jumping down to verse 39. Abraham is our father, they kept saying. Abraham (laughs) is our father. But as as Jesus told Nicodemus, uh, except a man be born again, you ain't getting into the kingdom of God. That's right. We're going to take a break right here, and we'll be right back. This is Michael Medved for Town Hall. Despite strong economic growth of recent years, an even more important number tells a much less encouraging story. For three years in a row now, we've suffered an unprecedented decline in life expectancy, with self-inflicted harm striking more Americans in the prime of life. The lead author of a new study for the American Medical Association says the whole country is at a disadvantage compared to other wealthy nations. While people around the world enjoy steady increases in longevity, America has been moving in the wrong direction for the first time in a century. Experts say prime causes are drug overdoses, suicides, and alcoholism, deaths of despair that inflict a horrible toll despite declining rates of crime and poverty and dramatic improvements in medical care. Prospective leaders in an election year must confront this threat to our national well-being that prematurely steals spouses, parents, neighbors, and work colleagues from those who need them. I'm Michael Medved. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu Studies show that most people believe they're good enough to go to heaven. But what exactly does it mean to be good? That's our subject Thursday on Truth For Life as Alistair Begg continues his challenging series called Seven Questions God Asks. Listen Thursday to Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Alistair Begg, weekday mornings at 8.30 on FM 92.7 and AM 1500. 
Faith Talk Detroit. National competition for your business is eating away at your customer base. Like digital marketing minions swallowing your customers one by one. You need Salem Surround. When a customer does a search, they need to find your business, not the competition. Your contact information needs to be accurate and all over the web. You need the right tools to turn visitors into leads. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence. Learn more at surrounddetroit.com. Surrounddetroit.com. Connecting you with new customers. God bless you. This is Cardinal Bishop Hoskins and Pastor Gene from Power of Faithful Gospel Evangelical Music Ministry. We're here live in the studio every second and fourth Sunday, 92.7 FM and 1500 AM at 1230. Or on the internet at faithtalkdetroit.com. Join us the second and fourth Sunday at 1230 PM. God bless you and God keep you. And keep walking, walking with the Word. God is peace, God is love, God is joy. God bless you. Hi, I'm Alistair Begg, and I'd like to personally invite you to join me August 30th to September 6th, 2020, for a week of Christian fellowship and a newfound appreciation for God's creation. Call 855-565-5519 to join us, or visit deeperfaithcruise.com for all the details. For more information and to book your trip today, visit faithtalkdetroit.com and search keyword Alaska. Praise the Lord, everyone. Anderson's over here trying to sing. (laughs) Praise the Lord, everyone. And welcome back to Bible Talk. And we're going to go to Johnny um, in West Bloomfield. Hi, Johnny. How are you? I'm great. Praise the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes. Good to talk with you, brother. And I was just listening to the conversation about marriage and the covenant and... It's really much more than a covenant. It's a blood covenant, right? Yeah, it is a um, covenant made before the Lord. Um, marriage well, is... it's a blood covenant when the, you know, like a virgin, a woman, when a man comes into a woman, he breaks that hymen, and we don't really, yeah, when you talk about it is very important before God, this this covenant, it's, I mean, like I tell people, we have we have two covenants, two blood covenants that we make in our lifetime, and... People don't really understand. I mean, when you just can't, that's saying it, you know, lifting the standard up real high when it's a blood covenant, right? Right. But, you know, also when you look at, in our society today, a lot of people that come together, there is no blood because a lot of people have been sexually active. Well, and, I know, know that, right. but I mean, you know, besides besides all that, and of course some people can remarry, you know, because their spouse died or whatever, but... um yeah, it is a blood covenant. So. Yeah, yeah, a covenant is serious before the Lord, and it's yeah. not nothing to enter into lightly. And you know, but today a lot of people just I know. take it. You know, they see somebody and they they're looking physically at the person. You know, they might have the muscles or the hourglass shape or whatever it is for the wrong reason. Um, well, I'll tell you, sister, what I see out there is, I mean, they're just they're just I don't know they're not even really paying too much attention and it's just 
and what's yeah, important, you know, when you come together. It's a lot together. of selfishness, too, you know. Right. And, um, and then they don't understand covenant either, because I hear conversation like, well, I'm marrying him, but I'm not marrying his family. But if you're, if you're entering into a covenant, <laughs> you are marrying the family. And if he has children, then those are your children. And if you don't want children, then you don't want to enter into that um, type of thing. So the covenant mentality, um, we don't see that a lot today. You know, but, and you uh, know why I believe it's because people don't, they don't trust, they don't go to God when they have trouble. Right, because God will help you when you're dealing with an unreasonable situation or whatever, and and people just don't even use their words and ask God for help. And then a lot of ladies are approaching men about marriage. You know, the Bible said, "He who finds a wife, not she who finds a husband, but he who finds a wife," and so. You know, so the order is started off wrong. And then you have people going into marriage for different reasons. Some going in for money, uh, security. Well, you know, I know this Gail who just got married about a little over a year ago. And she wanted to discuss finances. He wanted to avoid them. She married him anyway. And he's got seven years of unpaid taxes. Wow. And that's another thing. When you marry the person, they're dead. See, Dan, that's a question that we don't hear a lot. I mean, very few yeah. wise men. I remember a friend of mine years ago had a, um, you know, wants to be married, love the Lord. And he met a young lady that was, you know, seemed like the right one. And um, when he checked with her on her, you know, her debts, how many, how much debt she had. Yeah. And she was in law school and had a lot of debt already and was trying to get some more. And see, when you marry a person, that person's debt is your debt. And a, and a lot of couples go into that with, um, well, that's her student loan, so she got to pay that. That's her. That has nothing to do with me, but it does if you're in a covenant. Depending on what you have, if you have a contract that's based on distrust, I don't trust you, so I'm going to sign the paper right here. A covenant uh, is unlike that. A covenant is based on love and trust. What's yours is mine. What's mine is yours. Your kids are my kids. Your money is my money. Your family is my family. Yeah, your you God. Know, I've heard. Your God I've is heard, my like, God. You have a. Like, you have a good marriage, you know, like, I, I've heard, you know, you discuss it before, and um, I don't know, people just don't, they just don't even understand that marriage is a mystery and about living this And this serving God. That, yeah, serving God together. Yeah. You know? what, what, what does God want to, why would I marry you? Because what God is doing that is going to connect with what I'm doing for the kingdom, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm very, very fussy, and um, I have very high standards. I'm not looking for a husband. I got the best. I got Jesus. But you Jesus. have to do it, very... you do it prefer, um, prayerfully, you know. If, you, if yes. you're going to seek um, that, you have to do it prayer, um, prayerfully, and then you're waiting for God to send you someone. You're not out there hunting. And I think a lot of ladies are on the hunt. And some men, and men too. I know. Yeah, well, the men so, are the hunters. They're supposed to be the one hunting, not the ladies. Okay, well, this guy's been <laughs> hunting for 11 years, and I mean, I, I, I just wish, you know, his both two of his wives had passed away, and he wants a wife, and I guess he's not doing that well, but <laughs> thank God. I mean, it he's tenacious about it. Yeah, they, and the, the motives, you know, are we going to serve the Lord together as a couple? That's the thing, because. A lot of time people get married and yeah. one person don't have any intention of serving the Lord. They just want to live their life. And then the other part, the other person wants to, to, to serve the Lord with their lives and ministry. And Amen. if you're not on the same page, that's why it has to be done prayerfully. You cannot just up and right. say, oh, you know, and then when you know the what? I can't say, even move. I mean, I really want to move. And unless 
the Lord tells me I can move, I can't move. So I just wait upon him and say a prayer that he'll, I mean, I'm hoping he's just like got me like in, um, you know, that holding pattern, you know, and we're ready to fly anytime, you know. <laughs> yeah, but um, I, I think I'm going to use the last couple of minutes just to pray for marriages right now and covenant. Okay. You know, because um, that seems to be the topic uh, tonight. So um, we just go yeah. before the Lord and just ask him to bless the covenant, those that are struggling yes. with their marriages, those that are entering into marriage. Also, especially, you know, that they're going before the Lord. So, Father, we just come right now in the name that is above every name. Father, your word, you are a God of covenant, oh God. You deal with us through covenant. And so, Father, we're praying for marriage tonight. Those that are struggling, those that are on the verge of divorce, Lord, we're asking you, Father, that they would reconsider um, counseling, Lord. Those that are uh, entering into a marriage right now, Father, that those that are in premarital counseling, we're asking, Father, that you would walk alongside and that the goals would be to please you. You compare the relationship. You say, husband, to love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. So, Father, we're asking that the covenants that are there, that they would honor you, Lord God, that they would um, know that you are the, the source of um, a covenant. God bless you, and we'll talk with you next time. Sponsored by Bible Boot Camp Ministry. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.